0: You're listening to the Gettin' Swamped Podcast, your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, before we get going here, I think there's a handful of things to cover. First of all, I want to thank our fans. I think this is the largest average attendance we've had uh, for a home season since 2015, right? Right around 87,000 on average. Um, and they were, they made an impact tonight. There's no question about it. And really, this group of seniors is deserving of that, you know. Um, can't have a, foot, a good football team unless you've got um, some maturity amongst your seniors, some presence, some ownership, some leadership. We've got a, a handful of players in this group in particular that I think have been difference makers. Um, it's certainly good that we were able to make a memory for that group, right? A positive memory for that group. So, um, and I also want to say that um, the week, this week, has been really impactful to our uh, team and staff, um, saluting those who serve. Uh, we were intentional about getting people around our players that have served in the military. Um, and people that are in leadership positions that really, sometimes I think if those things are out of sight, out of mind, we take those things for granted. Uh, So we're very thankful uh, for those people who participated this week and certainly all the people across the country that are doing just that. So um, great memory for the seniors. Um, Can't compliment the staff enough, uh, just from a leadership standpoint. And then amongst the players, right? Uh, there's an ownership that's different, right? And I think that the football's improving because the people are improving. Uh, and there's a there's a brotherhood in that room. There's a connection in that room. And I think they're starting to play the game with the right intent, right, getting consumed on what they can do to help the team. Then the individuals play better and the result is better. So um, a lot of good out there. Still a handful of plays that are not quite what we're looking for. But um, – It's good to start fast, get control, uh, and keep control to some degree.
1: What a game in the Swamp. What a senior day in the Swamp for all the seniors, and what a game. I I wish I would have went to this game, man. I was going to go to it. I went to the LSU-Florida game. I know we didn't come out with a victory. I was thinking about coming down for South Carolina, and I didn't, and I wish I would have. Florida completely demolishes South Carolina. Gets their revenge from last year as well. 38-6. Defense giving up zero points. Once again, six points was on special teams, so I don't count that against the defense. Florida, 374 yards rushing. Richardson, overall, with 96 yards rushing. I know he rushed over 100, but they count. Negative yardage towards his rushing average. ETN. 100 yards even on 8 carries averaging 12.5 yards per rush insane Montrell Johnson 24 attempts 161 yards averaging 6.7 yards per rush man that is the i think they said it was the first game that three guys had over 100 yards rushing or it was a it was a record i can't even remember what the record was but you know you don't count the negative Yardage that Richardson took on a sack or two, uh, he he rushes well over a hundred yards. So Florida man just pounding the football on South Carolina. South Carolina had no answer whatsoever. Three turnovers on fumbles. <laughs> the, the one fumble with with Big Meat where he found a big treat <laughs> that set out there, almost returning that for a touchdown as well. Uh, I know he said that he fell down on the ball just so we could get the fumble recovery because that's how what he was trained to do. But, hey, you know what? Giving Rattler a stiff arm there for his uh, memories and uh, Florida rattling Rattler in this game. So, yeah, man, an overall fantastic. Not a complete performance if you count special teams, but if you want to go defense and offense, a complete game there. And hopefully we see that down the stretch in the next two games. And I'm kind of actually pumped, and I'm kind of I, – I don't want to jump too far ahead on, on how Florida's defense is going to play this year. Uh, But I like what I've seen in six quarters straight. Now, I'm not going to say that Florida isn't going to give up any points against Vanderbilt or Florida State down the stretch, but you got to kind of like what you're seeing now. You heard Billy Napier say that, you know, kids are taking accountability. They're starting to talk in, in these in the locker room and, you know, they're standing up and saying, hey, we need to be better. This could be the product of something good, you know kid's getting dismissed, and I'm not saying that Brenton Cox was part of that or any of the attitude issues there. I'm not saying that. I don't want to put that out there. But with his dismissal, we thought that position would take kind of a a bad turn. Not the case, man. Antoine Powell, Human Melan, some of those guys stepping up in Brenton Cox's place and just making plays just for the last six games. Florida would have a total of 515 total yards against South Carolina. 141 passing yards, and I will say this, you know Richardson only was 48% in this game, and there was a lot of plays where people were open, he would throw it behind them, or they wouldn't catch the football, so i got to give him a little bit of credit on that, but the thing, if there was something I could nitpick, it was Richardson's passing, it hasn't been the best all year, so it's nothing that I can't really harp on, but man, I would have loved to have seen a better passing game from Richardson. We could have really, like, just average passing, some good play on special teams we could have really probably scored 50 or 60 points on South Carolina that's how bad it was but I'll take 38 to 6 all day long and I'll take a Florida Gator victory 515 yards of offense the defense only allowing 237 total yards for South Carolina and I think that's the lowest yardage they've given up all year maybe if you don't count Eastern Washington uh I'll have to look that one up but now Florida holding a team to one of its lowest total offensive yards for the year. South Carolina with 193 passing yards, only 44 rushing yards. Now, I know they didn't have Marshawn Lloyd on the other side of that football. That could have been the difference, but still, I said this before, and I'll say it again, and I, and I put this post out there on Twitter, and I'll read it. Hats off to the Gator defense. Not perfect, but what game ever is Perfect. Holding South Carolina at only 237 yards of offense, South Carolina may not be the best team in the SEC, but they're 6-3. and three. We've come a long way from allowing 402 yards of offense against USF. So if anybody out there was to say, oh, it was just South Carolina, okay, yeah, yeah, it was, but we were used to this team giving up yardage to everybody out there. I mean, Texas A&M had guys out with the flu the first half. They were giving up yardage like crazy. They come out in the half, shut the, shut them down come out here and shut South Carolina down. But, I mean, you go back, you look at some of these games, and Florida's giving up some major yardage, and it's the teams they shouldn't even be giving up yardage to. And, and it would have looked – if Florida had played the same defense they have played all year, I bet you South Carolina would probably have 450 yards of offense. So – I give a special shout-out to the defense. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if they say, oh, it was South Carolina, it was this. I don't care, man. We were giving up yardage to everybody and even teams that we shouldn't have been giving up yardage to. So that's a lot better, and that's a bigger improvement for this defense coming down the stretch. And you heard Billy Napier. He said, you know, kids are talking. They're speaking up. So – Let's hope that this is an attitude change with the dismissals, whatever's been going on, and Florida can continue that momentum heading on into Vanderbilt, and I'll have on Jacob Rudner from 247 Sports here to preview Vanderbilt for us real quick, but I want to review this South Carolina game here real quick, and as I already said, South Carolina with 237 total yards, 193 passing, 44 rushing, as I said, only 11 first downs the whole game, three of 11 on third downs and one of two on fourth downs. And South Carolina only ran 50 total plays this whole game. They were fumbling the ball. They kept going three and out. It was, it was a great thing to see. Uh, some some Sometimes they didn't have a three and out, but uh, I think they would get a first down and then they would go three and out after the first down. So Florida just played phenomenal defense. Now this is a good defensive stat here too. South Carolina only averaged 4.7 yards per play, 10.2 yards per completion, which is all right. But this is the one that stuck out to me in Florida. They've had a hard time tackling all year, couldn't stop the run. Average rush yards for South Carolina, 1.9. That is the lowest average rush yards that Florida has allowed this whole season against a team. So that is a phenomenal stat. Hopefully we see that down the road against Vanderbilt and Florida State. We'll have to wait to see, though. We'll have to wait to see. But definitely a, a good defensive performance against uh south carolina there and they were zero for one in the red zone as i said they fumbled it three times three sacks for the florida gator defense and seven tackles for loss that's just the that's just the defensive numbers the ones that jump out to me now let's go florida offense as i said 515 total yards 374 yards rushing and as a team florida averaged 6.9 yards per rush and they came out guns a blazing in the first quarter. 21 total points in the first quarter would be actually the the most points that they would score in a quarter of this game. Uh, second quarter, they would only get a field goal, go into halftime, come out in the third quarter, get a touchdown, and then in the fourth quarter get them another touchdown. And that was pretty much it. I mean, that was pretty much it for the Florida Gator offense. But just looking at the drive chart and how good this defense did, let me go ahead and read you South Carolina's drive chart real quick. And on the first three possessions for South Carolina, they would punt the football. They would go three plays, zero yards, six plays, 10 yards, and seven plays, 22 yards. The next possession, they would go nine plays, 75, one of the worst defensive drives of this game for the Florida Gators. They would get a touchdown on a special teams uh, blunder, I would say that, so you can't really put that on the defense, not those whole 75 yards. I think it was like 48 yards it was. Let me go look at that real quick. Yeah, it was a 48-yard pass from Kroger. Uh, I guess not not the store Kroger because if you're using your Kroger Plus card, you probably didn't get a lot of points this game if you're South Carolina, and that's, that's not good on your gas, right? But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I had to make a joke there. Anyway, that would be a touchdown for South Carolina. But then after that, three drives in a row, they would fumble the football and and only go 25 total yards on those three drives when they did <laughs> fumble the football. The next drive, they would have six plays for 15 yards, and then they would punt. They would only have four plays for two yards. They would turn it over on downs. So then they would get the possession again, have two plays for one yard, then punt, and then three plays for negative five yards, and then punt again. That is insane. That is insane. Amount of stats now they did have another drive before the time ran out they went six plays 45 yards a little bit of garbage time there but man that (laughs) that drive chart for that defense that's something you just love to see as a Florida Gator fan it puts a smile on your face you wake up the coffee tastes different in the morning it's just a it's a phenomenal feeling for the Florida Gators football team so Florida turns their heads to Vanderbilt there in Nashville way game, obviously the last home game for the Florida Gators senior night. And uh, what a way to send out the seniors and what a way to even get those recruits in there and let them see that, especially with all the guys that were visiting and uh, just a phenomenal atmosphere. Once again, uh, I know a lot of the recruits love the atmosphere. I'm pretty sure they love seeing that offense and defense run all over the field and then, then, uh, you know, cause all those turnovers for them too. So Uh, Just a great game, man. Uh, Something I enjoyed watching from start to end. I never thought for a second, once we put up those 21 points and the way that our defense was playing, that South Carolina would ever come back in that football game. And that's the kind of games that I like to see from this Florida Gator football team. And just wait till Billy Napier actually gets a few recruiting classes in here and gets some of his talent in there as well. I just... And it's great to be a Florida Gator right now. And hopefully, as I said, these next two games against Vanderbilt, against Florida State, maybe the mentality has changed in this football team. Maybe these guys play better defense, and the defense we should have saw all year. And as I said, teams get better as the year goes on. Something clicks. Something may have clicked with this team. Maybe it was all mental, and maybe it wasn't really anything physical or Patrick Tony wise We don't know. Uh, We'll see. Vanderbilt coming up this week, and as I said, we'll have on Jacob Rudner from 24-7 Sports here to preview Vanderbilt right here on getting swamped coming up need a sign for your company your man cave your live stream or podcast give my guy brandon white a shout out at white and sons wood carving he has the best handcrafted signs nationally all custom fit for your needs with state-of-the-art paint and epoxy you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom leds as a package as well give him a shout out on twitter at ws wood you can also follow him on twitch And check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top-of-the-line signs made from scratch. Man, oh man, has it been getting cold out there this fall. I know I've been putting on the hoodie before I step outside, but I've made sure my winter coat has been taken care of thanks to the people over at Manscaped with their performance package 4.0. The Performance Package 4.0 has worked wonders for me, and it can for you. And if you want to save 20% and get free shipping on yours today, head on over to Manscaped.com and use promo code SWAMP20. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with all your marrow grooming needs. It reduces nicks, it takes care of the job in half the time with the cleanest and smoothest trim in those hard-to-reach places as well, if you know what I'm talking about there, folks. You combine that with the Weed Whacker and start taking care of your balls with the Crop Preserver – And you're set this fall and your balls will also thank you as well. Order your performance package 4.0 at manscaped.com today with promo code SWAMP20 and save 20% and get free shipping on any product from manscaped.com's website. Manscaped.com, the ultimate best in men's grooming. You're listening to the Gettin' Swamped podcast with your host, David Soderquist. Your number one source
2: for all things college football and Florida Gators.
1: All right, folks, joining me here on Getting Swamped, Jacob Rudner from 24-7 Sports. And Jacob, man, it's it's been a wild season here, and especially in recruiting. And before we preview Vanderbilt here, first off, uh, I, I know you guys, they, you've been busy over there 24-7 when it comes to the last month here before early signing day. Uh, Jaden Rashada, longtime Florida target, spurns uh, Florida during the summer, commits to Miami. Then that's a change of heart. Flips his commitment to Florida. Great news for the Florida Gator fans. Uh, what does this mean for Florida and recruiting going forward?
3: Well, first of all, David, thank you for having me on the show. I uh this is a big one, I think, for for the Florida Gators. This is a this is one of those commitments where I think momentum that might not have existed before uh can really be captured for this team. And that's not to say that they were doing a poor job on the recruiting shell. In fact, I mean, for anybody who's been following uh, my podcast over at Swamp247 or reading any of my writing, uh, I've actually thought that the Gators have done a phenomenal job recruiting to this point. Uh, and I've been impressed by it. But this is to another level. This is a a huge fish uh, in, in a good quarterbacking class. And so I think that it it elevates the Gators group in a way that might be able to kind of generate that final big momentum push as we get closer to early signing day.
1: Yeah, definitely. That turns a lot of recruits' heads, especially, um, you know, getting a quarterback out of the class. And when you can take a a very highly ranked kid, whether it's a quarterback or not, from – one of your guys out there in the state of Florida that's also an extra feather in your cap there as well. So we'll see what happens here coming towards early signing day and then see how many kids hold off until national signing day. The transfer portal is going to be lighting up here soon. So I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be really busy over there 24/7 the next uh next couple months here, but uh let's jump into it. Man, Florida faces off against Vanderbilt and right now Florida they're a 14 point favorite in this contest and first of all just basically uh do you feel that's fair do you feel like it should be lower or higher or do you think it's set just right where it's at
3: yeah I, I think i like the spot on the line uh early in the week i think that this is a game that florida should clearly win uh if i was to if i was to give a better advice i would probably say that i like florida minus 14 uh in this contest i just like the way that florida's playing offensively right now i think that they got uh, they kind of got some juice. They they know what they're doing, and when the passing game didn't work against South Carolina, the rushing attack was phenomenal. Uh, Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne are really hitting their stride. They've got an offensive line that's played well, includes a guy who I think is going to be an All-American and Osiris Torrance. Uh, it, I, like, I like what Florida's got rolling for it, and I, I don't know that Vanderbilt uh, is able to keep up in this contest. I, I, I like Florida's chances here.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. And uh, just seeing the performance last week, South Carolina, I mean, offensively, defensively, just completely shut them out. I mean, South Carolina had no chance whatsoever. Now, special teams wise was a little bit different. (laughs) I mean, Florida does give up six points on special teams, does not give up any points on defense. Six straight quarters of zero points for this Florida Gator defense. We haven't seen that all year, not against USF or any of the other teams that were worse than South Carolina. So it's really cool to see that uh, this defense are starting to be a little bit more vocal in the locker room and starting to get things rolling here. But Florida, last week, they got a little bit lucky here. They missed out on Marshawn Lloyd last week. But this week, Ray Davis will be the guy in the run game to watch out for 860 yards, 4.8 yards per attempt, five touchdowns. Uh, Florida, they're going to need another great performance this week in the run game, though, don't they?
3: Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. I think that this is a Vanderbilt team that has proven at this point in the season that it does have the capability to be reasonably potent offensively. I think we've seen that they also have the capability to be reasonably potent defensively. We can look at this from the big picture, David. This is a a team that I think is improved relative to Vanderbilt teams of recent years. Uh, it's a group that I think puts up a, a better fight than I think fans either might be expecting or fans might be used to at this point. Uh, and and like you said, Florida will have to be on its P's and Q's defensively. It's going to have to make sure that it defends well in the run game. But if you want to talk positives, I would say that Florida has done a really good job in that regard recently, particularly from its defensive linemen. I think that Desmond Watson is really hitting his stride right now, particularly in the run game princely uman mielin has been fantastic for the florida lately so i i I like florida's chances once again i think that this is kind of one of those games that uh if you are a gator player you probably don't want to get ahead of yourself because they've experienced those easier uh matchups in nashville in the past or at least some of them have uh and i think that this one could be tougher but i still do think florida has the clear edge
1: yeah, them noon games tend to uh, sneak up on the Florida Gators every now and then. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch there, man. I've, I've, I've watched this Vanderbilt matchup between the Florida Gators this past like five, 10 years. Some of these performances would be really close and really clutch. I mean, you go back to that 2018 performance against Vanderbilt, and uh it looked like Vanderbilt was kind of going to run away with that game. I think it was 21 to 3, and then Florida just mm-hmm. comes back and just rallies. And, uh, you know, Vanderbilt has no chance there. And there's been a couple of close games, but not. Nothing really, as of late, that's been like uh, closer. But this is a Vander, a better Vanderbilt team here. Uh, like I said, they'll need another defensive performance. Vanderbilt does have one heck of a receiver by Will Shepard, seven hundred three yards, thirteen point five yards per reception for nine touchdowns. He's caught fifty two point five percent of his targets and has a total of two hundred thirty three yards after the catch. How do you expect Florida to at least be able to defend Will Shepard here?
3: Uh, man, I think that this is just kind of goes back to one of those things that Florida fans and media have been talking about now for a couple of weeks, and it's that there just has to be some consistency and some communication within this defense. I think that at this point we are uh, at a – I think we're now at a point where we can confidently say that Florida's defense has the capability to be very effective in its pass coverage, and I think that they've shown that in, its, in their recent stretch of games. Uh, and it's kind of one of those things where they need to continue to – carry the momentum, whatever it is that's starting to work for them into this game. We've seen them be very successful in both man and zone coverage. I think that it's helped that Florida's opponents, the quality of them has diminished a little bit. It's allowed the defense to kind of slow down uh, and figure things out. And the result of that has been much cleaner play. They've done a better job schematically execution wise. Uh, I think earlier season mistakes have been starting to clean up, particularly in pass coverage. And so I really think that Florida needs to kind of just repeat its performance. Billy Napier talked about that on Monday. He said, you know, the biggest thing for us as we transition into Vanderbilt here is ensuring that we, we take the things that led to the South Carolina performance and we move them forward with us. And so I think if Florida does that, uh, it'll be a pretty good day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and Vanderbilt is not the best team and rush defense, and you've got three running backs. And I I, I call Richardson a running back because you might as well call him that. He's a quarterback and a running back at the same time. Uh, Montrell sure. Johnson with 710 yards, averaging 6.1 yards per carry, nine touchdowns here. Richardson with 646, averaging 7.7 yards per attempt. And Trevor Etienne, 567, averaging 6.4 yards per attempt. Just between those three guys. I mean, you saw what they did to South Carolina last week. Vanderbilt's pretty much got the same kind of run defense. I would say run the football. I mean, you want you want work on Anthony Richardson's passing. Obviously, he wasn't the most accurate last week and he, he has kind of been had accuracy issues all year. But really, you kind of want to run the football. you want to get a little bit up on the score and maybe you take some deep shots, but you really you really kind of want to save these guys for next week against Florida State if you can get up really big early
3: absolutely. this four two five Vanderbilt defense has not been very effective, like you said against the run this season. I personally think that this is a huge opportunity. I think that Florida uh, has the potential to go out there and really gash them on the ground uh, in in a way that they did to South Carolina. Like you said, I have been so impressed so far this season, not only with Florida's running backs who have obviously performed quite well. Trevor Etienne has been fantastic as a true freshman. Uh, Montrell Johnson as a first-year gator has been phenomenal uh, after coming over from Louisiana. I have been equally impressed, though, and I don't think they get enough credit. They rarely do. With the offensive line, I think that that has been a real bright spot for Florida this year, run and pass coverage. Uh, And it's a it's a group that could really do some damage, I think, in a game where Vanderbilt's athletes. It's no secret that Vanderbilt's athletes on the defensive side of the ball are not of the same caliber for the most part as what Florida has out there. It's simply. And so I think that this is one of those situations where uh, Florida's offensive line will have an opportunity to kind of bully their opponent. And I think that Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne and to a degree, Anthony Richardson will have that chance as well. So I, I could see a, a highly explosive rushing performance from Florida in this game for sure.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'll uh, I'll take the over on 300 yards rushing like uh, like what happened last week. <laughs> so, yeah, so Vanderbilt, they've been dealing with some injuries, especially on their offensive line. Ben Cox looks like he'll be out for the rest of the season. Xavier Castillo, he's been nursing an injury there too, uh, but they still haven't let up many sacks so far this year. Only 1.2 sacks per game, which ranks 25th nationally, which is actually pretty good in pass protection. It seems like the absence of Bretton Cox, though, would be felt but But Summerall, Powell, all these other guys, you know, they've really stepped up in this uh, defensive line. Uh, What will Florida have to do to get some pressure to help out this defensive backfield?
3: This has been a group, you just said it, this has been a group that has kind of picked up its pace a little bit. And I don't know if that's because there was a motivation to seeing Brenton Cox get dismissed. I don't know if this was a situation that was more, you know, addition by subtraction. If he was being a distraction in the locker room, does this help boost everybody's play? It could be a combination of those things. Uh, but the unit has been extremely effective. And one thing that will be important in this game against Vanderbilt will be the ability to contain the quarterback. You have to make sure that you do not let him out of the pocket and get going. Uh, and this is a group that has done that successfully in their last couple games. And I, I'll go back to a guy that I credited earlier. Princely Uman Mielin is showing off right now. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he is. Uh, this is a guy who has set the edge well. This is a guy who has just been effective and quick, uh, technically sound in his pass rush. He's getting to opposing quarterbacks. He did it now. I believe it's two games in a row, at least with one sack or a half a sack. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is this is an impressive stretch. So I think that uh, Florida's ability to rely on him, Antoine Powell, Ryland Jr. is a guy who's impressive lately. Uh, I, this is a unit that's a, that I think is is stepping up in a way that we might not have seen uh, early on in the year. So I, I would say you know just kind of uh, continuing whatever whatever they're doing is working. So I, I, I you know. If that's a practice situation, great. If that's just maintaining the rotation of the guys that's going out there and how they're gelling, fantastic. Uh, but repeating it is is probably the advice I would give if if it was asked of me.
1: Yeah. Princely, you mealing right now leading the team in sacks with five, five quarter or uh, actually eleven quarterback hurries. I read that wrong. Amari Bernie's still leading uh second in sacks on the team, four sacks here, seven quarterback hurries, and Antoine Bowell, third, tied for third on the team, two sacks. Uh, seven quarterback hurries. So if uh, the absence of Brenton Cox was worrying anybody, I think that both those guys right there have been doing a pretty good job uh, taking up for that uh, that that lost body there. Uh, but, man, Vanderbilt, obviously it's going to be really cold out there in Nashville. I think it's going to be like, what, 30, 20 degrees or something? With yeah. The, yeah. Are you going to be, be up there?
3: I will be, yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I'll, I'll be up there and freezing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm already freezing here. I'm in North Georgia, so, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been too Uh, uh, warm here either but i could imagine in nashville it's probably going to be a lot colder in that game uh this is going to be a test kind of for florida not really i guess if you want to match up opponent versus opponent here it'll be a kind of a test with the running back and the wide receiver but as far as like the weather goes i mean florida's been playing in these games where it's been 60 70 80 this will be kind of the first game where they go up there at noon and it's going to be like 30 degrees what what's your thoughts on that
3: I I like Billy. First of all, I like Billy Napier's approach this week. He first thing he says at the press conference on Monday is listen, you know, it's going to be cold. We know it's going to be cold. We're not talking about it. I told the team it's we're not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. We don't control the weather. It's not worth discussing. That's the correct approach. If you're the coach, that's what you have to say. Uh, The reality, however, is that cold is a little more than a mentality. And when guys get out there, uh, I'm certain that they're going to be feeling it. Anthony Richardson said that if it's breezy in Gainesville, he likes to throw on sweats and a sweatshirt because that's what he considers cold. Uh, it will be a test, but I think, David, the, the thing that is important here is that while the cold might be a challenge, what, what becomes most challenging when the weather gets dumpy, whether it's rain or it's cold or whatever? It's passing the football, and I think one thing that teams will tend to do to mitigate challenges brought on by weather is they'll start running the football, and what better thing for Florida to do? against a team that has poor rushing defense with your stable of excellent running backs, a quarterback who can run the football, an offensive line that's been very effective is you run the rock. So uh, I think that the elements would favor Florida here as well
1: yeah florida yeah with the weather especially you watch that tennessee georgia game that that weather kind of affected that game as well i think honestly if you were to ask me i think georgia could have put up more points on tennessee the way that they were playing until it started downpouring there in <laughs> nayland stadium so or actually it wasn't in Neyland stadium it was actually at uh it was in athens it was in yes. athens uh so yeah definitely man it's going to be a, a cold one there for the vanderbilt commodores and the uh florida gators here at florida You know, seemingly every single game. And and when I look down the statistics, they have turned, they have caused a turnover in every single game. Do you expect them to continue that streak against Vanderbilt?
3: I certainly think it's possible, but I'll I'll give you a statistic with relation to turnovers that I think is even more important. Forla has gone four games now without turning the ball over. And that, for this team, has been a far bigger deal than generating them. So Anthony Richardson had a turnover for, I believe it was seven consecutive games to start the season or something like the six consecutive games to start the season. Uh, you know, interceptions were a problem. Fumbles were a minor problem. Those have disappeared. Florida has maintained possession. They've taken care of the football. The fact that they're able to do that and are starting to consistently win the turnover margin battle here, that is a serious improvement on the season. So while I think it's possible that this Gator defense generates another takeaway, I would be more encouraged by the fact that I think this offense is starting to avoid getting rid of it.
1: Yeah. I totally agree there. Uh, Vanderbilt with actually their 30th in interceptions per game, which is pretty good. They don't throw a lot of picks, but 89th in fumbles per game. And Florida's been getting a lot of fumbles here lately. So maybe they can generate some fumbles there. Uh, Vanderbilt 27th in penalties per game and 29th in penalty yards per game. So they're pretty good on not getting penalties there as well. Jacob, watch your final score, man? What you got?
3: Oh, geez. I honestly haven't really given it much thought yet, but I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with Florida thirty-eight. Vanderbilt, we're gonna give Vandy 21. I think, I think Vandy put some points on the board, whether it's late or early, I don't know. But uh Florida wins and covers 38, 21.
1: Hopefully we see more better special teams play this week because that was awful last week.
3: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's beamer ball, man. That's yeah. that that was the uh that had to happen. It was part of the the it was part of the fun. That's how beamer does it.
1: Well, the good part is when your offense and your defense are humming, you can afford to uh, look a little bit bad on special teams and still win the football games. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> there you go. That was a good luck there. Okay, well, we all know recruiting's heating up, coming up, as I said, early signing day. Uh, what do you guys got coming up for us on 24-7, man?
3: Oh, man, it's such a busy time of year. We got the end of the football season. Recruiting is in full swing. We got basketball going right now. Uh, and, you know, like I, like I always tell people on our podcast, I said it on your podcast before, David, I, you know, if you really want... Uh, all things Florida coverage from recruiting to what's going on with hoops to re- hoops recruiting. Uh, we have it all over there. And so we, uh, we definitely would encourage you to sign on up and uh, join us over at Swamp 247. We definitely appreciate uh, our audience, no doubt.
1: Yeah, you, Jacob, Graham. Uh, Blake, I just said your name like you're not here, but Blake, and <laughs> Granny, you, uh, you guys all do a phenomenal job over there. I'm in the boards every now and then whenever I get time. I'm I'm in there too, just messing around or saying something silly. So uh, yeah, check them out, 24/7 Sports, always giving you up to date on recruiting basketball. As you said, any kind of sport there is. Uh, Jacob, man, thanks once again for joining me on Getting Swapped, man.
2: No
3: doubt, David. Thank you so much for
2: having me. Lots of people, I wonder, what's Gator Collect? It's a team of talented athletes and passionate fans. It's the playbook for our NIL success. To earn compensation for our name, image, and likeness. It's exclusive access to unforgettable moments. This includes autographs, interviews, appearances, and more. It's what connects Gator athletes like me. And me. And me.
3: With you. So what are you waiting for? You are a part of our team when you join the Gator
0: Collective. You do a great job supporting your Gators. This is your chance to show your support off the field. Join Gator Collective today and help Gator Nation be the best place for NIL opportunities. Go to GatorCollective.com today and support the Gators like never before.
1: Man, if you took the rushing yards on Florida last week and then you took Rattler getting rattled and passing under 200 yards, then you came out one heck of a winner like I did on Prize Picks, and you can be a winner too. When you sign up for Prize picks today with promo code SWAPPED, join PrizePix with promo code SWAPPED to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks offers any sport that comes to your mind, like baseball, basketball, football, esports, tennis, overs and unders too. You name it, Prize picks has it all for you, folks. PrizePix is rated 4.8 stars on every platform, and it has some of the best customer service if you're having one of those days and you just can't figure anything out or you, you just knucklehead anything. You know, it doesn't matter. So, what are you waiting for? Get some free money today from your boy David request when you sign up for PrizePix today with promo Code Swap to get an instant deposit match up to $100. PrizePix.com. Daily. Fantasy Simplified. Ready, set! Say- You're listening to Getting Swamped
3: with David Soderquist.
1: All right, folks, you know what time it is for the podcast. It is time for the fan comments. And I took to Twitter and I said, after a very impressive win over South Carolina, what are your thoughts about playing Vanderbilt this week? And you guys responded once again. Matt T. Rowland says, Vanderbilt should always be a win, but they always get up for the Florida game. I believe we will win, and Coach Napier will have these guys ready to go. Play solid defense and don't get caught looking ahead to the F.S. Puke game. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, this should be a game that Florida should easily win, and I say the word should because we all know things can happen in football games. I'm not going to get too overconfident. I'm just going to watch it. And hope that Florida rolls out of there with a victory. It'd be, it's going to be very cold for them too, so it'll be their first test like in cold weather. It'll be early, so I kind of worry about that a little bit. But this Vanderbilt team, as I said, they're giving up a lot of rushing yards, just like South Carolina, and and they're just they're not a good SEC football team. I, I feel like they're they fa- Florida's favored by at least two touchdowns for a reason. So Florida doesn't have an excuse to lose this game, but it doesn't mean that they can't make it. It won't happen, but. Primarily, I think they will, but yeah, Florida does not need to look ahead against FSU, and they don't need to get any injuries there either. I am kind of a little bit worried about that, because that tends to always, like, I can't say always happen, because I'll say this, Florida's, for the most part, this year has stayed pretty healthy. I mean, they've had some injuries and some nagging ones, but like... As far as like starters go and, and and all of that they really haven't like I, I mean Justin Shorter was out for a little bit now he's going to be playing the Vanderbilt game so that's good news for Florida he's been our deep threat so far this season and uh yeah it looks like Xavier Henderson is going to be injured this game as well won't be out so uh Ricky Parsall and ETN looks like they're going to be returning kicks and punts this game and I know it's pretty exciting to see new people back there returning kicks and punts because obviously the special teams. I mean, it's been all right. it hadn't been great, but it hadn't been all right. It wasn't great last week, I can tell you that. But it wasn't in kick return or punt return. It was more of uh, you know ball placement on punts and um, you know letting trick play sell over your head. But <laughs> yeah, as I said, man, yeah, we don't need to look ahead, and uh, of course we will be ready for that game in Tallahassee. This one's from Lawrence Cheshire, going to be a renewed energy from Vandy. They got a taste of victory in a tough year for them. Combine that with harsh weather, it could be a recipe for a letdown if we don't play a complete game, similar to last week. No easy wins in the SEC. Well, I'll say this, Florida's got nothing to lose. They're not ranked. They're not going to a playoff. They're already bowl eligible. Uh, Go out there, play the best that you can. There's no worry in the world that uh, the season's riding on the line or anything like that, go out there and play football. There's no pressure. And and guess what? Anthony Richardson plays better when he's away and when he's not at home. So I would say just the same game plan you had last week, play good defense, run the football. I think Florida could run away with this game uh, by a mile. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if the uh, Florida can cover that spread there. Uh, this one's from Carlos Dane You're very happy with the direction of the program. And look of the team after Cox was dismissed. Shows we shows the buy-in. Wish fans would also stay positive. Everyone recruiting, love it. We need it. Keep up the good work, boss. Yeah, uh, thank you, by the way. <laughs> for telling me to keep up the good work because uh, I like to get compliments because sometimes, uh, you know, you kind of need those when you're doing podcasts like this. Uh, but yeah, Cox dismissed. And you really thought that that position could struggle after Cox was dismissed. But man, princely Lee... Uh, even when Summerall's been in for a little bit, Princely, Antoine Powell, they, they've they been doing really good. Princely leads the team in sacks right now. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and I hate to say this, and I don't want to say anything bad on Brenton Cox. He had contributions to this team, and he, he was a former player, and I'm not going to do that. But uh, it, it is nice to see that... A lot more sacks are being made and not missed tackles. <laughs> I know he had a problem with that, and I don't. I I hate to be that type of person to say that on a kid exiting out of the program, but he did have some issues wrapping up on his sacks. And you know, you go back to that Tennessee game where they scored on a drive deep in their own territory, and it was a third down, and Tennessee would have had to have punted the football, and it would have put us in good field position. And since that game was so close, like it was, you never know how that game was gonna. You know, turn out he misses that sack on Hooker, and then they drive it all the way for a touchdown. When he could have had that sack, and that could have taken away a touchdown from Tennessee. I know that sucks to talk about, but it is good to see the guys behind Brenton Cox. Uh, you know, making some plays there, and of course, recruiting is going to be <laughs> it's going to be interesting uh, this next month. I can tell you that, and I'll say this, whoever does not early sign, it's going to be even more interesting coming down the stretch in February, but at least we know by early signing day which guys sign and which guys don't and which ones to look out for and which ones you don't have to anymore because they signed the National Letter of Intent, so it'll be an interesting month regardless of wins, losses, Uh, gotta be Florida State though, man, I do not want to lose to those guys. Gator T says, I say warm-up game before FSU. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's, let's hope it seems that way uh, for that game. Uh, bravo, Dave. Hopefully the team can continue to build on the last six quarters. I'd like to see a game where we dominate both lines of scrimmage and put together a comp- a complete game, a competent special teams. Play. Yeah, yeah. I want to see special teams, offense, defense play a complete game. Like, they're going to make mistakes. Like, Florida will give up a third down maybe or – you know, they'll miss a field goal. Let's hope we don't miss any field goals or maybe something on special teams. Maybe somebody misses a tackle or something like those little things are happening. We're talking about the big mistakes, like the the botched snap for a missing a field goal, uh, letting points go to the other team on special teams. Like that's the big mistakes we're talking about. Like the little mistakes are okay. Uh, we don't really count those, but like when it comes to a complete game, you just want to see complete dominant defense, complete dominant offense, and – Good special teams. I can't say dominant special teams. Of course, we'd love to see kickoff and punt returns go for touchdowns because we rarely see that here at the University of Florida, thanks to Dan Mullen's recruiting. But you, know, it, you you like to see a complete game from all sides of the field, even if there's like these, these small, minute mistakes because they're just going to happen in a game. You're not going to give up zero yards every game on defense. You're not going to have a million yards of offense every game either. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we do get to see that here against Vanderbilt. This one's for C.J. Black here. Happy we've grown as a team and clicking offensively and defensively. Hope we do like LSU and keep warm both on both sides of football and stay loose at Vanderbilt. Yeah, LSU got way better as the season went on. Now, if I'm Florida State, I do not want to play that LSU team right now. That LSU team figured it out. Uh, somewhere it clicked and they figured it out. They've beaten Alabama. Uh, you know, they got trounced by Tennessee, but a lot of teams have been losing to Tennessee. But I, LSU's playing a lot better here defensively down the stretch. So I do give them props. I, I hate to say it, but I will give Brian Kelly props for, uh, you know, doing what he had to do, adjusting and figuring things out. And Harold Perkins, man, wish we could have got that guy. He's looking pretty good. Uh, but I'll continue on with your comments since I'm rambling here. Put them away early and keep the clock running for a shortened game have to be healthy. Yeah, see, that's is what I want to do in this game. I want to get up like early fast. Like, you know how Florida had that first quarter against South Carolina, 21 points. I want to see them do that like two quarters in a row, get up like 42 to nothing and then just sit the starters and let the backups play <laughs> just cuz I want to save the starters for FSU cuz we're going to need them. We're going to need them. FSU is a much more improved team and they're ranked. I think they're ranked like 19th. Jordan Travis is playing pretty good, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions, good touchdown interception ratio. I still think Florida wins that football game. If you ask me, uh, I know like ESPN and all those these people out there don't think we do. But Florida, man, I'm telling you, if Florida plays the way that it's been playing this last game, that half of the Texas A&M game, we're blowing that team out. So let's hope, let's hope it is in Tallahassee. And But Richardson, as I said, plays better when he's away. I'll read a few more here. And this is from the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. Shout out to him. He always shouts out my podcast as well. Uh, Vanderbilt will be the best offense we've faced since Georgia. Shocking, I know. When you factor in A&M's illness issues and Carolina's missing Lloyd, Vandy will be a good look at how we've improved and if we've adjusted to more mobile quarterbacks. right? has had some big runs. Yeah, he has. Uh, we discussed that with Jacob Rudder. Um, it does. I mean, like... It worries me a little bit, I guess, with their running back. I just don't. Vanderbilt still hasn't been great. Like uh, they like when you look at Vanderbilt, I, they're a much more improved Vanderbilt team. But I, I just, I just don't think they have enough weapons to compete with Florida. Now, of course, Florida, you know Florida can't go into that game struggling on offense, and turning over the football. They can't do any of that stuff because Vanderbilt will take advantage of that. So Florida's going to have to play. Uh, A somewhat complete game. I would love for them to see a 100% complete game. But hats off to Richardson. Hasn't turned over the ball in four games. Hopefully that continues. Uh, Florida's been causing turnovers every single game. Hopefully that continues. Maybe we can keep that streak alive for the whole rest of the year. And as I said, Florida play good defense. I mean, last six quarters have impressed me. Let's keep the momentum going. Why not, right? Uh, this one's from dev these noon kickoff games can be an issue especially in the weather Florida wins but Vanny might keep it close for the first quarter yeah we'll see we'll see I mean like in that first quarter too teams are trying to like kind of figure out what the other team is doing now last week we saw Florida put 21 points on South Carolina but that's because their offensive line was pushing their defensive line around a lot so that, that that's it's really easy to do when your offensive line can get you some gap and them running backs can just uh go to town on it so you know, you have to give some credit to this offensive line. They've been playing a little bit better here down the stretch as well. Uh, but, man, ETN, man. And, and, and Montreal Johnson, too. I mean, between Johnson, ETN, and Richardson running the football, and I noticed he ran the football a lot more last game against South Carolina. When you got those three guys running, and their offensive lines playing like that, it is dangerous, man. That This is why I wanted Anthony Richardson to start running the football a little bit more, because it's hard. It's hard to tell who, where you're going to go, who's going where, who's doing what. Eh, Richardson's been keeping the ball a little bit, and he's been getting off some big runs. So uh, got to stay healthy, though, as I said. Got to stay healthy. But I don't think Florida's going to have an issue running the football on this team or even passing the football on this team as well. Um, just going to have to keep them contained on defense once again, and hopefully we we see the defense that's been playing the past six quarters. Wise Old Guru says, We need to play just as hard against Vandy as we have the last six quarters. Yep, like just what I say. Cannot afford any sort of letdown. Leave no doubt we are the better team. Kids need to know that the cold becomes more tolerable when you're winning. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be their first cold game of the year. I mean, <laughs> I think every game Florida's played in, it's either been 60 degrees or more. This is going to be like 30 or 20. Uh, It's Nashville, Tennessee, and I live in North Georgia, and the highs like just here have been like highs of 40, lows of 30, highs of 40, lows of 20. It's been getting pretty cold at night and pretty cold during the day, and these cold fronts keep on coming. So, yeah, that'll be a test for sure. Uh, uh, Hopefully Florida doesn't struggle with that, uh, but we'll see. Uh, This last one, Gator Swamper, Gators will need to bring their cold weather gear as it will be a bit cold. I look for them to win 47 to 21. Nevertheless, yeah, absolutely, man. And my final score, my final score prediction, I'm going to go, since the defense has been playing pretty well, I'll say, I'll take your 47. I, I might go 45 here. I'll go 45, 14 Florida wins. That'll be my final prediction for this game. Uh, Defense keeps playing like they have. I don't see Vanderbilt scoring that many points. They didn't really score that many points against Kentucky last week. If Florida was to play Kentucky again, I would pick Florida. I think Florida would run all over Kentucky and make it a uh, less um, interesting game than they did at the beginning of the season because it looks like Florida's figured a lot of things out on their offense, plus their defense as well. So... Yeah, I think Florida Florida should be able to just run the table this game. Uh, the, if they don't, then something happened and we'll be talking about it here next week. If that's for sure on Getting Swamped. Folks, that'll do it. That'll do it. And before I leave, actually, I'm going to go ahead and play a little clip from the Gator Collective's Spaces on Twitter. Where I asked Anthony Richardson a, a, a question. And if you want that whole segment and you want to recap that, they do record those and they do put those on the site. If you are a Gator Collective member... They are free to access what you are a member. And uh, let's go ahead and play the clip. Richardson, uh, you haven't turned over the ball in four games, which is phenomenal. Uh, I know at the beginning of the season, you're kind of, I guess you were kind of struggling with kind of, you know, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to put it there, but no turnovers in four games. Uh, what was what kind of clicked there? Uh, was it just a? Did, did you have like a coaching moment? Was it just like a more of a patience moment Or uh, I don't play quarterback, so (laughs) just go ahead and kind of explain it to me a little bit. uh, What kind of clicked for
2: you? Uh, Quite a few things, actually. Uh, For one, going into the meetings after the game and and seeing the turnovers on the board and knowing that I contributed to that definitely made me feel bad. So that was one thing. Uh, Two, knowing that I let Coach Nate down by – and turnovers definitely made me, you know, change my perspective on how I played because nobody wants to turn the ball over to the other team, and nobody wants to, you know, hear their head coach get on them about giving the other team the ball. So that was one thing. And another thing, I said the key thing for me was my approach to how I, um, like, prepare for the game. You know, just studying the defense a little bit more and studying our, our offensive plays for that that game plan that week. A little bit more, as if you're confident with that, you know you pretty much know what's going to happen, and you can prevent the turnovers somehow.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I just wanted to say you've been playing great lately, and hats off to you. And, Princely, you're leading the team in sacks too, so good job there as well. And I just want to say overall, uh, great effort from you guys, especially man. These past six quarters, no no points given up, and uh, ran the ball down South Carolina's throat, which was actually great for everybody to see. So uh, hats off to all you guys. Thank you. All right, Anthony Richardson. There, you know, you he heard. He said he got upset anytime he would look up there and know that the turnovers were on him. And and you know how this coaching staff is—you create turnovers. You don't give any, you know, short fields to the opposition. So, uh, you know, looking at defensive film a little bit longer, maybe doing some things. I mean, Richardson's been doing pretty good, not turning over the football. And you got to give him hats off, man. This kid has slowly improved every single game and he studies the game and you can tell he cares. He wouldn't get emotional over it if he didn't. So uh, it's good to see that Richardson has not turned over the football these past four games and hopefully he doesn't do it in the next two games. I'm actually pumped. uh, His defense is playing lights out and uh, I just just wanted to continue, man. I mean, uh, you know, Richardson, he may not be the perfect quarterback out there. He may not be Joe Montana, but, uh, you know He's got some wheels on him, he's got an arm, and uh, he hasn't turned over the ball in four games. And they've been very, very productive, whether they've ran or they've passed the football on offense. And that's the only thing you can ask for out of your quarterback, is making the best decisions to win the football game. He doesn't have to throw for 200 yards a game if he's running 2 300 yards on the opposing team altogether with his running backs. <laughs> he's doing what's best for the team to win the football games, and that's all you can ask for whether he's throwing for 100 yards or 450 against Tennessee. But folks, that'll do it for this episode of Getting Swamped. I appreciate all the good comments, all the fan comments that I get every single week. And stay tuned next week. There might be some recruiting news, but we're going to have to just wait and see. You know how that watch tick tocks and it just goes around and round and round and just never stops. And yeah, just got to wait, man. Early signing days coming up. Expect a lot of dramatics, a lot of flips, a lot of flops, a lot of everything. And hopefully, all the flops go to Miami and nobody else. So, folks, that'll do it for this episode of Getting Swamped, your latest in football statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swamp.